0: GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. Have you ever been scammed? Heidi Bokarisa of the Financial Services Commission was here to talk to us about the growing number of financial scams and fraud cases and how to protect yourself against them. And Radio Gibraltar is looking for 13 to 18-year-olds with an interest in radio. Ben Lynch joined us to tell us about the second Christmas takeover. But first, UK property tycoon Robert Chengwitz has settled a multi-million pound claim with a locally based international sports betting and gambling company, Entain, and they did so just hours before a court appearance. Rose Astengo joined us with the details. I always
1: wonder how lawyers feel about preparing for a two-week trial only for it to be cancelled the night before, but that's exactly what's happened with this one. I'd not heard of this man before. His name is Robert Chengwitz, but he is, well, he was a former UK multi-billionaire property developer. He's actually Iranian-born, but a lot of his uh, business dealings were in the UK. Um, And I think he really came to prominence um, in the in the early 2000s because he'd well you know the financial after the financial crisis he basically lost a lot of money with the collapse of an Icelandic bank and um and since then really he's been embroiled in litigation after litigation the serious fraud office in the UK had tried to bring a case against him I think they ended up sort of apologizing to him so he um has carried on with his businesses and this uh this involves something that's called spread Better something I wasn't particularly knowledgeable about before this case came to light. But if I can just explain it...
0: So on on, on Sunday evening, when others were curled up and and, and sort of (laughs) under their covers at home, you were researching... Spread betting. Spread
1: betting. I still don't really really understand what it is, so I'll just read it to you. It's it's a, basically it's when you speculate on the market. You 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 know you you designate assets and you place a position as to whether the, how the market is going to go, whether it's going to rise or whether it's going to fall. Um, so. Essentially, what happened with Robert Chengwitz is that he took out a position with a spread betting company called Intertrader. And he was investing in a company called First Group, but the value of the shares just collapsed. And he ended up making substantial losses. Now, what happened was Intertrader then closed out his positions, which he believes they didn't have the authority to do so. The long and short of it all was he was claiming up to 23 to 40 million pounds in damages uh, from them, and they had a counterclaimer of about 9 million pounds against him. This was all settled last night. We do not know the details of the settlement. We just know that uh, the claimant um, has been in, in court today the judge judge john restano he uh ordered that the claimant pay uh the fees but um in terms of the settlement we don't know how it will settle but he is a very very larger than life character and i was he told was a,
0: he was a billionaire wasn't he a,
1: he was he's lost his billionaire and he owns this massive seven seven story house next to uh the royal albert hall I think he may have lost it recently, though I'm not. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, he's a very colourful character, and he was actually going to. I understand he was going to fly to Gibraltar and give evidence, so that would have been quite interesting. That would have been an international.
0: But hey, the lawyers went
1: and thrashed out an agreement, so we 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 don't get to see how it all uh, played out. But uh, yes, that was um, because
0: it, part of, part of that uh, is that it remains confidential. Part yes. of the agreement is that you can't disclose yes. the details. Yes.
1: So so yes. So that was his case against um, Entain and Alvar. Uh, Entain, the company that owns Ladbrokes and Coral. And Intertrader... Who are based which was, in Gibraltar. Yes. And Intertrader, who is the spread betting company, was a former subsidiary of theirs. So, so that's that one. Um, so
0: you, you're going to be grappling with that for the rest of the Yes, I, I
1: shall be looking for some millions to um, place play some spread bets. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will not. But yeah, it, but very fascinating and interesting case. A very colourful character um, and uh, you know luckily for them the case has been settled and uh, and it will not be proceeding.
0: Just a reminder that uh, that we have some big cases moving through the Gibraltar. Uh, thank you, Roz Astengo. There are big cases and there are uh, cases which are, uh, are very sensitive and, and obviously extremely important to the people involved in them. Uh, let's say good afternoon to Shalina Asamal, who um, has been uh, at the courts today with, with one of those which is uh, a difficult one to report on.
2: Hi, Jonathan. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Ros and I have had very different days in court today, you could say. Um, The trial of a man facing allegations of um, sexual offences against a child has started. Um, So, Marco Antonio Beneventes Sanchez, he's facing um, three counts of sexual assault relating to a child under the age of 13 years old. So, as you said, you know, one of these very difficult cases. Um, He's also got another two charges relating to a different child under the age of 16. So um, this morning, a jury of nine was empanelled, seven women and two men, and um, they're expecting that this trial will last um, five days. Interestingly, um, puny judge Karen Ramaja Prescott was supposed to preside over this case, according to the court calendar, uh, but when we showed up this morning, we saw Chief Justice Anthony Dudley. Um, So perhaps that's got something to do with uh, her new position coming up. We're not quite sure. Um, I've emailed the courts to maybe find out if they are making changes to the calendar based on that appointment um, as Speaker in Parliament. Um, but as a result, it means that the trial will be somewhat spread out. So um, they won't be sitting tomorrow. And the first time we'll hear opening arguments will be on Wednesday. Thursday, they'll sit again. Then Friday, uh, Chief Justice has um, the commitment to the Parliament um, opening. So they won't sit then and it will spill over into next week. So a little bit bitty as a result, but uh, definitely, as you said, a, a difficult case to deal with.
0: And uh, and w- what's the approach to report on opening arguments and then maybe closing arguments and the verdict?
2: Absolutely. So we will keep tabs on it throughout the week. Uh, uh, GBC and the Chronicle are both attending. Um, but usually it will be, you know, we'll hear what they have to say at the beginning perhaps touch base throughout and just see how it's uh, um, panning out. And then we'll also hear from them as uh, things wrap up and the jury um, make their decision. Also in court, a different matter, but one that is um, quite interesting for the public, um, the size managing director... Um, Helda Helda Mendez de Silva, I should say. Um, He has been through the magistrate's court a few times and we did see him this morning. Um, He had pleaded not guilty to a €20,000 bribery charge relating to uh, the building of the comprehensive schools He worked for as managing director. Um, Not too much has happened with that. He
0: was at the time.
2: Yes, at the time, exactly. Um, But uh, they've found a date for a committal hearing and that's going to be on the 27th of February. Now, so it's
0: likely to end up in the Supreme Court?
2: No, no that's still uh, going to stay in the magistrate's, magistrate's court, court. Okay. yeah exactly and actually that committal hearing is going to basically set out whether it will go ahead because apparently there's a few things that are contested and uh, his defence team are arguing that there isn't enough evidence for the case to move forward so we'll see what happens with that.
0: Alright, well thank you for bringing us up to speed Shalina Asimov Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott, the Financial Services Commission are highlighting the growing number of financial scams and fraud during World Investor Week, which is starting today. How can we all be more scam savvy, and what do we need to look out for? It's a pleasure to be joined by uh, the GFSC Director Heidi Bocarisa. Uh, l- lovely to have you, Heidi. Um, an important message, as you have highlighted, giving the given the growing number of threats that we have. We do a lot of things online nowadays and sometimes it's difficult to see where the risks are.
3: Yes, definitely. It's one of the main reasons why we are focusing this week's uh, Investor Week, this World Investor Week, on exactly that, on how to avoid becoming uh, falling foul of scams, um, how to become aware of how fraudsters can trick you, um, what to look out for, how effectively to think smart. So we're using the week to promote our Think Smart campaign, um, encouraging people to think smart. And what that means is um, if something sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. Making sure that people don't share their personal details, reporting any concerns asking questions if anything sounds a little bit fishy and thinking before making a final decision in terms of investing
0: okay and and this is something which uh, applies i suppose in different ways but equally important for both businesses and also for individuals
3: of course yes i mean it's not only geared to the the tips and, and and sort of um advice that that the, that is promoted by IOSCO, which is the international standard setting body um, that, um, that the World Investor Week campaign falls under. It's not only about protecting the individual consumer, it's also the business consumer because every, every person or every firm can fall foul of, of a scammer fraudster. When it comes to money, the fraudster or the scammer isn't really concerned about who they are who, who they are targeting.
0: I I read a, a piece recently which really sort of uh, made me realize the extent of fraud that there is you not know, that there's a lot of it happening
3: there is, and, and and unfortunately, and 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 regretably, so um, you hear it more and more. It happens even more now with, for example, online scamming. And um, people fall foul of that. You you get scammers using SMS messages, email messaging. So it's now become um, more complex or more sophisticated the way that scammers and fraudsters are working. And it does mean that people need to be more aware, more conscious, more cognizant of how they could potentially fall victims to these types of schemes.
0: So we, we get more messages from our banks nowadays. We would never ask you for this type of information. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we get, uh, if, if you're somebody who does um, mobile banking or, or, or pays for things via your phone, we get more of the two-step process now, no? where, you, where it's require, requiring you to essentially give two different types of verification that you are the person that you claim to be. Uh, so there are some sort of, uh, there is an increasing number of safety nets as well, no?
3: Yes, and, and, and it, that, that, that tends to happen because as scam, as scammers and fraudsters become more sophisticated, then those around us, so, so for example ourselves, the regulator, the, the police authorities, etc., we are always trying to see how we can, and I know obviously the banks as well, we're always trying to also see how can we protect consumers in a better way.
0: And and I suppose it's a great week to do it, um, given that it uh, it sort of helps to focus the mind. Uh, World Investor Week. Um, if somebody is is an investor, has money, and is looking to to sort of um, uh, you know. See where they might be able to make some money, uh, make their money work for them. Uh, you, you, there, there are uh, risks, and I suppose that uh, nowadays uh, you might that there are increasingly platforms via which you can do investments, and, and in in a way it's become more accessible, no? and, and and therefore there are more people doing it, and and not necessarily is it the reserve of millionaires who could afford to get sort mm-hmm. of you know complex advice from people on on where to where the risks may lie. So. It, it's it, 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 it's a good thing because more people are, I suppose, making their money work for them, but it, it means that there's more risk because... Uh, they may not necessarily know what to look out for.
3: Definitely and one really important thing for everyone to bear in mind is that they should only be dealing with platforms or financial services firms that are actually regulated. So a firm that is licensed, be it in Gibraltar or elsewhere, for example in the UK to provide those services to them and the reason for that is because it it will only be a regulated firm that has to um, comply with rules and requirements for example in safeguarding your money. If you are dealing with an unregulated firm one, they're not licensed two, they have no obligation to protect your money, three they they don't have um, to comply with any rules or regulations and the fact that they're not regulated or licensed anywhere should pose a an even bigger question. That's a really big sort of warning bell. Why are they not regulated? Likelihood is they're probably scammers or fraudsters.
0: So I mean Spell out the obvious for us. You, you are the financial services. Uh, you are a director at the Financial Services Commission. Um, why is regulation so important?
3: So regulation is important for an, for a number of reasons. But if we boil it down so, or drill it down to the to to the two main objectives of the why of why the Financial Services Commission exists, it's to protect consumers and protect the reputation of Gibraltar and World Investor Week. Um, links directly into our consumer protection objective by providing um, consumers in Gibraltar with information that they can then use to make to make good investment decisions. We are allowing them, or we are providing um, educating consumers to to be able to protect themselves as well.
0: And uh, you, you've you've said look out for investors should look out for. Um, if the company that they are placing their money with, or thinking about investing with, if they are a regulated firm, but what does it does it happen sometimes that f- uh, fraudsters pretend that they are regulated companies when they are not?
3: Yes, unfortunately that does happen. So we do see, for example, ex- examples of clone websites where a scammer is copying the real website of a real company. Um, they're very clever in the way they do this, they can so make sometimes it look they make it look very, real, very, very similar or practically the same. So unless you know what to look out for, you, the man on the street will not necessarily spot that little difference, which will make all that difference to whether they fall fall victim of the scam or not. Uh,
0: um, and what are those sort of? things that you need to look out for? Are there clues in the URL, the, so the actual website? So sometimes there
3: will be clues there, there will be clues in some of the information that maybe is on the on the actual website. There might be clues in the email or the SMS that uh, the, the consumer may have received. These are all the types of things that we're going to be covering at the seminar that's going to be held this Friday at the University of Gibraltar um, at 10.30am. We'd like as many people as possible to to come along to that. Um, we want to raise awareness of the types of fraud that affect a community and how people can protect themselves by understanding what those little things look like, what to look out for. Um, and there'll be some tea and coffee as well <laughs> at, the, at the seminar. So please do come along. Always
0: important. Uh, so that's 10.30 on Friday at the University of Gibraltar. Do people have to sign up in advance?
3: No. Just turn up,
0: and I suppose it's uh, uh, as with uh, a lot of other things. It's always good to get people in the room together, have a conversation face to face. Now that we can uh, after yes. the pandemic, <laughs> share a cup of coffee, uh, and and see what um, what people are doing, and 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 yes. share best practice. It's exactly. good to be in the room yep. together. No?
3: And there'll be quite a number of our members of staff there who'll be who'll be making themselves available both during the seminar and after during the tea and coffee session. To be able to answer any questions or um, explain to to people in more maybe a little bit more depth what to look out for, etc.
0: And and this is um, not just for companies who are working in the financial services space. It's for people who have Consumers, a bit of money that yeah. they're thinking. Of. All
3: anyone anyone in Gibraltar who is who feels that they don't know enough about what to look out for, they want to protect themselves. They think they may have fallen victim of 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 a scam. Um, are not familiar with what to look out for so anyone from any walk in life
0: and and we, we've talked a little bit about uh, the, the growing number of financial scams and fraud uh, are you able to quantify that at all do you have any numbers about the you know how many cases you've dealt with um, you know over the years is it, is it on the increase
3: Um it is definitely on the increase if you have a look at our website you will probably notice that over the last maybe two years We've been putting out more and more information, for example, about clone websites. So what we call public warnings. So you will probably anyone looking at our website will will notice probably an upward trend Um, and and um, coincidentally, this morning I saw, I think it was on, on one of the social media outlets, um, I think the, the Royal Gibraltar Police also put something out this morning about scams, and I think that did have some some specific statistics. I think it said something like 117,000 potential scams happen on, a, on an annual basis.
0: That's a big number.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's scary.
0: And and uh, I mean, do you feel that we are uh, responding sufficient as a society f- sufficiently to that? Because because they could be anywhere, no? Like fraudsters, uh, they could, fraudsters be, they could and... be
3: anywhere. They could be targeting you at any time, um, and they could be offering you anything. So it is difficult to spot them. I think as a society, the more that we learn, the more that we share, the more that we learn from each other, um, the more that we can help each other in terms of tips, what to look out for, the better armed that we will be as a society to, to combat these um, the fraudsters and the scammers.
0: So those like unsolicited text messages that we sometimes receive or, or emails, you, what, what sort of advice can you give to people? Who um, might receive those?
3: In the first instance, if anything looks a little bit fishy, if it was unsolicited, if it does, if you don't know who it's coming from, if you're not sure that it's that if it's that it's genuine, ignore it, delete it. Be it SMS, email, Facebook, Instagram, anything that's coming to you which doesn't quite make sense, ignore it, delete it. Don't even respond.
0: And if you think that your bank or, or another financial um, company might have contacted you, or, or, or you know, y- you can always go to Google search and go to what what are their proper
2: uh, exactly. Channels, so no?
3: contact your bank or your financial services firm directly. Use their direct phone numbers, um, and that's the easiest way sometimes to to determine whether the unsolicited email or SMS or the unsolicited contact that you received prior to that was real or not.
0: Okay, and um, if we can go off-piste uh, for just one moment, Heidi, um, were you at the recent Gibraltar and London events and what were I the was, value of those?
3: I was, I was. I very much enjoyed myself. Um, tiring in the sense that very intensive. Um, but very useful. Um, I think that the audiences at all these sessions got to see what, uh, what is planned for the, for the coming 12 months in relation to financial services. We obviously have a new minister as well now. So um, we're all eager to, to sort of work with, with him and, and see where, where we can take Gibraltar to the next step.
0: OK, brilliant. Um, OK, so just a reminder then that uh, you've got a seminar on Friday at 10.30. The Financial Services Commission invites you down to the University of Gibraltar and you've promised tea and coffee. Yes. <laughs> and maybe a biscuit, no? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi Bocarisa, thank you so much uh, for joining us. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today. With Jonathan Scott, we're trying to get more young people involved. We're looking for teenagers who might like to be uh, to be the voice of the afternoon show together with Ben Lynch, who's here now to tell us a little bit more about our Christmas takeover. Um, i really enjoyed last christmas's ben it, it was, was great wasn't it it's so refreshing to to hear the the young voices they bring new energy new ideas
4: and and, yep. and you can just yeah you, you, we just need it don't we yeah and um it's it's a, a quite unique opportunity so basically we're asking um young people teenagers aged 13 to 18 uh that are interested in in radio to come in they basically take over the whole show i'm not involved <laughs> at all so we show them the ropes give them a few ideas give them a little bit of guidance but but it's very much kind of their show and, the, and their production so, so we make sure that
0: they know what they need to know sort of you know which buttons to press and and all of that thing but 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 creatively it's for them to express themselves
4: yeah yeah so Basically, that we'll kind of give them a few ideas on on what kind of things maybe how to source content, and then how to take that content and make it kind of uh, suitable for radio and and, and craft uh, a link out of that content they've got because you you don't want like a whole kind of long story you want to be able to get the main bits across and then have like a, a nice tidy uh, piece to end it with and all that kind of thing. So and I was
0: just thinking like how would you how would you pitch it to somebody who uh, hasn't done a lot of radio because nowadays, of course, you know, YouTube is so powerful, and and, and there are other streaming services, uh, and and radio has managed to hold on uh, to its position in our lives uh, despite those threats and the different ways that people can get information. Uh, and and I was thinking, what is it about radio? And it, it's it's the immediacy, isn't it? It's the First immediacy, and foremost.
4: And like in a way, it's it's almost. The same thing, really. Like, uh, if you, you're creating a video to put on YouTube or on TikTok, you you have to source that content. You have to find what you're going to talk about. You have to package it in such a way, and then you press upload, and off it goes. And and it's the same with radio. So if if the way you consume information is via things like TikTok or YouTube or Twitter, or like little bite-sized videos like that, this is essentially kind of the original. TikTok or the original kind of social media um, place where people put sure. their content. This is where I think it all starts. So it's about it's about
0: storytelling, and and there are very similar things happening in both of exactly. radio and social media.
4: Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're looking for content and talking about things, um, I think what's important as well is is. People talk about things that they're they're passionate about and and that really comes across on air when when, when you 're talking about about something that you really care about when you put that into a, a a link on the radio, I think that really comes across and people kind of resonate with that you know when, when you're talking about something with passion and, and something that you enjoy talking about so last year the response
0: was was really good and we we got some some brilliant Content on air from teenagers who uh, probably hadn't been on radio before, but but managed to to sound really
4: good. Yeah, yeah. So um, what we did was, uh, and that's what we're asking people to do to do again uh, this year, is that uh, we asked people to get in touch, uh, sending a, a WhatsApp audio message, just explaining a bit about themselves. Uh, who they are, how old they are, why they'd like to do this, why they think they'd be good. And um, and then we just kind of listened through those and we, we selected uh, a few to come in and then um, showed them what it all involved, uh, paired them up, so we had like a, a few kind of double-headers um, throughout the afternoons. and um, And then just kind of... Off we went. We started making, uh, re- recording the links. So, w- what I will uh, reiterate is that we're not asking people to come in on Christmas Day. They don't have to be or here, or here on the We're, we're going to okay. pre-record the whole thing, package it up nicely. It'll sound super slick. Uh, don't worry if you've never done anything like this before because... It'll like, be a learning experience yeah, for yeah. them as well. And, uh, I think it's good... Uh, if maybe uh, somebody's thinking, oh, I might go and study media at, uh, at university a bit later on down the line, this might be like a, a good kind of entry point to see if it's something that you do genuinely want to do, and it'll look great on your UCAS form or, or whatever it is when 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 it comes to filling that in. Um, and it, it's it's a, a nice kind of introduction, and and I think everybody. Really, kind of works hard and comes together to make sure it sounds the best it possibly can. And um, and I mean, the guys that did it last year sounded super slick. It was great.
0: Yeah, and we, we also had the uh, summer camp, which was so successful, um, had a lot of young people bringing energy. Uh, and uh, and James Nish, our chief executive, has highlighted that, hasn't he? He said um, that GBC should be for people of all ages. And this is uh, another way of engaging with um, young people future audiences and and for them to tell us what they want from gbc
4: as well yeah i, I was i was really surprised actually because i did interview some of the um some of the kids that came in for the summer camp and i said oh what was your favorite bit what was the what your, your favorite experience and a lot of them said radio and and i thought oh, okay wow that's that's it's a powerful it's, medium it's really good to know it's really mm. good to know that that um that young people are really kind of engaging with it um good. One thing I, I will say to anybody that is thinking of, of sending in an audio link, um, and I've been pushing this throughout the, uh, the the promo on the radio and on our social media channels, is, is just when you do get in touch, send a message. Uh, give us plenty of energy, plenty of enthusiasm, and, and a secret little tip, secret hint. Smile when you're doing it. It because, makes a difference because that really comes across on air when, or or, or, or in a message. Like you can really hear somebody smile in their voice, and that really kind of um, gets gets people listening. You think, oh, actually, this person sounds like the friendly and fun. So, so that's like the secret insider tip. Smile,
0: smile, and send your message to two hundred sixty-six two hundred. Ben Lynch, thank you for joining us, and best of luck with that great initiative. Thank you.